Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official UK Drummer Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Mark, and today I speak with the phenomenal Kaz Rodriguez, who you can hear drumming in the background here on a track called The City. Kaz has done gigs with Jesse Ware, he's done Roland Clinics, he tours Japan doing weird and wonderful clinics, he once played in Cirque du Soleil, he's doing loads of stuff and the thing that he kind of pushes the most at this point is his play-along tracks like this one in the background. Um, Chris Coleman's played them, Tony Royster Jr., Aaron Spears, uh, you name it, the list goes on and on. But in typical fashion, let me stop running my mouth because I'm going to be doing that for the next hour anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Help me welcome my good friend, Kaz Rodriguez. Hey, Kaz, how's it going, buddy? How you doing, buddy? You right, man? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfect. Can you hear me? Yeah, brilliant. I'm all good. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. All right, man. So uh, let's just uh, jump straight in and uh, we'll kind of see what happens. Absolutely. So what I like to do with um, pretty much everybody is um, just in case there's listeners um, listening to this and they've not maybe heard of you, could you potentially give us a bit of an introduction, tell us about your beginnings, what interested you in drums, how you got playing, etc, etc, etc. Sure. Uh, yeah, so um, basically I would start at a very, as every, every typical drummer would say, <laughs> You know, at a very young age, <laughs> you know, um, and I, you know, I fell in love since, you know, literally since since being in my mother's womb. <laughs> you know, just like the fell in love with fell in love with rhythm in general. I I, I was told, you know, when I was when I was little, um, uh, literally listening to Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson was one of my one of my biggest influences. Like and Prince, you know, growing up. Yeah. God rest his soul, both their souls, man. They've been amazing influences in my my writing as well. Um, and, you know, I, I, as, as, a, as, a, as a drummer, to, to start off with, I ended up uh, um, always finding rhythm fascinating and I just wanted to, push myself in, in a different, uh, in a more, more of a, you know, just push myself more than just drumming kind of thing as I got older. But in general, I, you know, I've done things like, you know, like pushing myself doing a pop, you know, I did, I've done like the pop stuff and, you know, I've been fortunate to do that and I've done, uh, Cirque du Soleil, um, in my past as well. And yeah, then, I kind of wanted to go into new direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in regards to sort of some of the stuff you've done, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of that uh, as the interview kind mm -hmm. of progresses. But uh, uh -huh. what would you say have been some of your career highlights? Career highlights? Wow, so many. <laughs> um, I think for me, predominantly would be my my music, actually, kind of like you know just doing well yeah um you know just good just being recognized 
especially for the drum community uh, and and being able to to take it around the world and and you know show people what I do with it you know and just play do do lots of you know drum clinics and go to drum festivals and travel and see the world and see how um, see how see see people's reactions and 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 responses to to it to see how each uh, country um, you know finds it you know they all appreciate it in different ways and it's it's just nice to see that and uh, also just to be able to uh, for me is the biggest highlight of of my career so far because it's something that I love and something I get to do uh, in my own on my own back basically you know yeah uh, and I think it's I think it's any drummer's dream come true you know doing just your own thing so um, so yeah that for me is the best thing from um, I would probably say if, if I had to be specific uh, would probably be uh, when I went to China um, last year um, and I got to perform in front of uh, 3,000 people to do my own show. Cool. Which was, yeah, it was not, you know, it's kind of like I felt like I got to be a vocalist yeah. but on the drum kit. <laughs> which is totally <laughs> cool, you know? Yeah. We, I, think, I think we need to do more of that, you know, for the drummers, you know? Give the drummers some love, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we we were talking um, about influences, and and uh, you mentioned Prince and Michael Jackson, and I mean I, I yeah. love I love those guys. Let's let's talk a little bit more about influences and inspiration and motivation. Like, sure. Can, can you tell us a bit about like what you're listening to now, and if you listen specifically to just drummers or you know, you meet some guys who are like totally just into the drummers, and they only want to listen to the drummers in the in, on the records that they listen to. And then you meet other guys who don't even know the names of drummers. Who um, they oh, they yeah. kind of they oh. just love certain songs and they love certain bands or groups or rappers or, or whatever it is. So tell Absolutely. us tell us a little bit more about yours. I mean, you mentioned Prince and Michael Jackson. Who are some of the others? Uh, well, Prince, Stevie Wonder. The you know the the, the for me the, all my childhood like you know favorites i mean i think for for many um and um you know i've, I've listened to no i used to, i listened to loads of styles of music I, I i was very heavily influenced on like rock and i used to listen to led zeppelin you know um you know deep purple you know pink pink floyd you know uh, from that era into Fusion. When I actually got introduced to Fusion, uh, Mara Vishnu Orchestra, John McLaughlin, which I'm a massive fan of, and hope to meet one day and maybe one day play. <laughs> you know, um, those sort of those sort of territories. I mean, they have so. You know, my my music is so many different styles. You know, mm. I, I listen to so many things and. I like all styles of music, man. I don't. I don't actually have. Uh, my, but my main influences would be with those guys and and people. You know, the drummers for drummers, drummers. You know, would be um, you know the, the usual guys because I mean, who hasn't grown up listening to Dave Weckl, Vinnie Chalut, uh you know, Steve Gadd, Dennis Chambers, you know, 
you know, Buddy Rich, you know, that for me, I, I, I actually still have the, um, the Buddy Rich Memorial Concert with Vinnie Caliuta, Dave Weckl, and uh, Steve Gadd. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first time I actually knew about these guys. <laughs> and when I saw three of these guys playing together, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, this is for me, changed the game, you know, for, for drumming. Without and then I just, yeah, and I remember when Dial Up, you know, I'm sounding a bit old right now, but I'm not that old. <laughs> um, but when we used to we used to struggle going on to Drummer World, yeah, and everybody was, you know, Wi-Fi wasn't really working at that time, and you know, using the Dial Up connection just to try going Drummer World, and you had you needed the fastest bloody flash player yeah. <laughs> just to make sure you could catch people's chops and stuff, you know. There's, yeah, man, kids, yeah, kids, so kids don't know the struggle. <laughs> they don't know. The, they don't know the struggle nowadays. You know, now it's on their phone and they're using their four G connection. Yeah, it's instant. Where I used to, you know, exactly. And I used to be absolutely desperate to come back from school, going, "I've got to watch some Weckle on Drama World," and uh, <laughs> you know, waiting for ten minutes just for one one and a half minute clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know we. You know, technology has grown, and I think you know, we get to, we're we're very privileged um, to have all our influences and heroes on on the internet stream, and you know, for people to check everyone else out. So it's just great. I mean, for me, those guys were the ones that stood out in drummers' perspective, and I think musically that some the influences that pushed me uh, uh, to be a better drummer were. Actually, I listen to a lot of music that didn't really have uh, drummers yeah. <laughs> on, you know. Uh, and I think that you know definitely uh, bettered me as a performer and as a, um, a player because I was listening in a musical context. And I think you know, I had a conversation with, uh, before about uh, with Chris Coleman actually. Um, you know, we he he said to me that you know, you know, he plays all he plays a lot of instruments. Yeah, you know, he loves playing bass. bass and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know, learning a secondary instrument just musically, you get to understand in a dr- drummer's perspective and also another pers- another musician's perspective. Yeah, that you're, you know, you don't need to be playing over like you know every one bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for exactly. a chop, you know. One, two, three, blah, 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 one, two, three, blah, 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 you know, it's, it's just vomit. <laughs> so when, when you start to play another instrument, you understand how the other person feels. It's like a relationship, Yeah. you know, it's understanding. Um, and I, you know, for me, biggest guys for me was Hans Zimmer. I listened to a lot of film music, man, because there's, there's rhythms. There are rhythms there, dude, mm. like, you know. There are there are exciting rhythms there. There are even it doesn't have to be in the drums. It could be, it could be in the music. It could be on the strings or you know whether strings are playing pizzicato, staccato, and like arpeggios. And Hans Zimmer was always a favorite of mine since I was you know ever since Lion King <laughs> existed. <laughs> you know? Amazing. Uh, you know what I mean? So you know Lion King was like 
you know, when it was such a moving piece of music for me, and and when I was a kid, you know, I mean, who who cries to the soundtrack? Yeah, you know, I I, I have no shame. I have no shame to cry into the soundtrack. Um, but you know, um, it's the same as uh, you know my 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 girlfriend and I have the same influence in the soundtrack. And Hans Zimmer has just been, I think, in general, a massive influence for a lot of composers of today and drummers yeah. per se of today um, and and uh, Steve Reich yeah. uh, is a minimalist composer and for, for me he uses rhythm with with music and also without you know yeah. um, and I think it's just fascinating that's where I actually first got introduced to time signatures you know um, uh actually to take it seriously and um before i started you know playing um when i was young i i, I was playing tabla just as a little extracurricular activity but i couldn't play for for peanuts basically so <laughs> you know i had no i had no talent on the tabla so uh i, I realized sticks would just do it great so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's it. I mean, those are my main influences. So to go, oh, there's so many. I just don't know how how to. No, it's totally cool. You know, and, and and I think um some of the stuff you sort of touched on is great. What I sometimes mm. uh, think, like I think it's so important to have such a broad spectrum of music, and and I I don't want to stereotype. I think we're around the same age, and I find that like mm-hmm. we come from a generation where you would listen to a whole album and you would study, especially if you found something you liked. You would, oh, you would almost study a drummer just because you you would listen to the whole album, and you know, um, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's some incredible drummers out there now, um, but uh-huh. but I just think a lot of them, they'll never really know what it's like to listen to a full album, or you know, go and find somebody oh, yeah. who you can relate to and just like get their whole back catalog and and study it and and just soak it all in until you're bored and oh, then yeah. find something else. You know, like um, it's important, important part of growth. I think you know. Yeah, they, I, I, it's definitely an important part of growth, and I think a lot of people that I've seen and people that actually approach me um, nowadays, especially through you know uh, Instagram or if they come to my drum clinics, I think a lot of the guys, um, you know, they ask the question of you know, you know, I'll say, oh, do you know? I don't know, you know, Dom from Muse. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Muse, you know. They'll be like, oh, that, you know, I love Muse, but then when you say someone like, say like Vinnie Caliuta, <laughs> like, he's, 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 he's a great, he's the great, one of the greatest, yeah. you know, for me, that's massive influence. Uh, but you... You know, people that some some people aren't used to to, to hearing that that sort of name. It's it's almost foreign to them. Yeah. But, it, but you know, that's where you start to realise that there are drummers who are just you know who follow bands but not follow musicians. And yeah. It's 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 nice to have uh, a bit of both. You know, just you know, I mean, think nowadays, like again, I'm I'm making an 
being an old man statement, which I'm not old, just saying this in the podcast, I'm not an old man. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Disclaimer, Kez um, Rodriguez is not an old man. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much right. I'm just putting it out there for sure, man. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm still, I'm still, we're still young. And, um, but, um, you know, there were, there, were, there were situations where, like, you know, people don't... You, it's really important that people listen to to both sort of things but the generation of today tend to not know these you know the Steve Gads the Dennis Chambers and you know uh, it's Vinnie's and, and you could go back even Buddy Rich yeah. just to state the obvious you know yeah. and uh, it's because they're so interested in the current and I think it's so important that you you know want you learn the history or um just to understand how it started, I find it fascinating yeah. because a lot of, I think a lot of drummers nowadays just go, all right, well, I just like playing the drums. Yeah, it sounds great. It's and I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there is more to it. You, if you want to push yourself, I mean, every I believe that every drummer, that is, the, you know, every drummer has a, a voice. You know, uh, uh, you know. Everyone, every drummer has some sort of voice, but they are rooted uh, through influences. Uh, their influences, their heroes, for yeah. example. You know, I mean, I, I, I have lots of cats uh, saying, not literally cats, but I say in the statement. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but loads of loads of guys just, you know, saying, oh, you know, I can hear this and I can hear this and I can that. But you know, I, I, I learned from the fact that. You know, I remember when I used to idolise Dennis Chambers and Vinny, and when I was in like high school, people would go, "Oh, so Vinny! Oh, that's so Dennis!" Mm. And then I started go, "Oh, this is great! Oh, this is great that people were noticing I sound like them." And I was like, "But I'm not supposed to sound like these guys," <laughs> you know. In the and I learned as growing up and maturing, I wanted to sound like me, yeah, but still have. But you stem from these guys, and they've like everyone says, like even Ronald Bruno has said this in his clinic. You know, he has his own legacy. You know, um, everyone has a legacy. I believe that every person has a sound, yeah, and a legacy. You know, you, you are your body is the transcendent of a voice, and that's that's you know, it's it's not just the sticks that do the job. It's not just the drums. It's your body. Yeah, your body is voicing everything. So. It you know, uh, but listening to to in terms of the the you know the the, mu- the music nowadays, the bands and albums and things like that, you know, it all stems again from influences. Every drummer still till this day has an influence, you know, uh, that, and that's that's the the way I like to to do it is just to listen to everything because it just it just enhances you as a musician. You don't have to be playing drums to be a better drummer you could listen to a musical instrument to be a better drummer that's yeah. how i find it yeah so yeah. i agree i agree so let's um let's talk a little bit about your play-alongs you, you make these drum play-alongs sure. and uh, you mentioned yeah. chris coleman and uh if uh, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong but i think he and like aaron spears have played along to some of your play-alongs and it's out there and um yeah so tell us tell us a bit about the inspiration behind that. What made you want to start doing that? Um, what's the process like? Just talk us through it yeah. in general. Yeah, man. Um, I think in general, when I was a kid, 
uh, I used to listen to a lot of, you know, I used to, I used to obviously check the drummers out playing to some cool, you know, backing tracks. And, um, you know, they they were playing to, to songs that, that didn't have a band behind them, you know, and it was, it was. I just found it really interesting to to see, um, you know, where the music was coming from. Because I was so used to seeing instrumentalists play in general, just like together, mm. and then I realised that that didn't have to happen, <laughs> you know. So I um, and then I I basically just felt. Like you know, I wanted to grab a track, and I used to go. I, used to, I went to a drum clinic, and I um, I remember seeing Dave Weckl, uh when I was about ten years old, and um, he was, you know, playing by himself, doing this drum clinic, and playing to all these cool tracks. And I was like, oh my god, what is he? What is all these? You know, what are all these like amazing sounds? And you know, he's playing in sync with all the stuff, and I just went. You know, as I got older, I kind of realized that, you know, sounds were so important for, mm -hmm. for me, sonically. And I realized as drummers, we get excited over hits and stabs and, you know, the, you know, the, the odd, you know, chop with, you know, some great sonic sounds. And I just went to myself and I said, look, how am I going to be able to find a track like Dave Reckles? online and it was just impossible to find great backing tracks you mm. know um and you know i used to purposely buy the trinity rock school play along with the grade books mm -hmm. even though i couldn't read uh, at the time i just bought the books because they had play along tracks mm. and i was like, like i need to get this like because this got drumless tracks and i used to play to it but i still wasn't satisfied with the the music mm -hmm. Uh, so then I ended up just saying, okay, you know what, maybe I should learn to play another instrument and see if I can figure out how to, you know, play. Make, it, make, make your own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, and I tried and I think this was at, when I started in university. So I, I got the opportunity when I was 20, I ended up having the opportunity to go to uh, do Cirque du Soleil. Cool. Um which was probably my, well, my first gig. And whilst I was there in Germany, I took the advantage of buying myself um, a laptop and a MIDI keyboard with mm -hmm. Logic. And I started to practice pretty much every single day on piano. Um, and I, you know, still to this day, I actually don't know how to play, but um, I just learned how to make notes work together for yeah. some reason yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, it's, it's really crazy how um, it's just I think the most for me I started to play with sounds and how I heard music like Hans Zimmer and you know Steve Reich and then listening to like all my favourite bands and then just like kind of mushed it up in a bowl mm. and you know put it in a baking tray and let it cook <laughs> you know yeah perfect <laughs> you know yeah, so I, and then I was really fortunate to, you know, I think it was, you know, like every drummer has a story behind this, you know, the, this, you know, a, a time where you least expect it. And for me, it was probably my hardest part when I was in uni. I was, you know, like every other student, like 
struggling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to get trying to get gigs, etc., and all that, you know. Um, I came back from Cirque du Soleil, and then I said to myself, I'm going to make some tracks just for myself, uh, and I ended up just thinking maybe if I should put this on iTunes and see if anyone likes it. Mm. Um, so I was looking up on online and I just figured out, okay, well, I'll put it up and see how that goes. Maybe it will, you know, put me a bit out of, you know, student, student debt. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but then surprisingly, I then got, um, I think a few months later, um, I got a very good response. I had people starting to um, naturally just buy the album. And then, um, you know, I I really tried to push it. And I realized nothing was happening when I was forcefully sharing my album to even drummers that I idolized. <laughs> I was yeah. that hungry. Um, but, you know, people wouldn't dig it. I mean, I, I don't think they would respond to it, respond to it because... You know, I was just, a, I'm just a, I was just a small town, you know, guy from Stanmore, you know, mm. like in in the middle of, you know, in London, just outside and, you know, you wouldn't really think that someone would be, oh, who's this guy? So I was pretty much, you know, just playing jazz. But there's, I, I basically got a message from someone saying, is someone's playing to your track? And I said, oh, who is it? And I realized Tony Royster was actually the first guy who uh, played to it in a awesome. Sapien performance. Yeah, so he he bought the first album and played to Guide Me, which was from the first album. And that was actually uh, my second track I ever, you know, have, have ever written. Um, however, I managed to see by luck uh, Aaron Spears, uh, who was a massive like one of my influences uh, I used to watch all the Usher live gigs on yeah. the internet and I was like wow finally a drummer who can actually chop over a gig <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like you know it's a dream gig to be I think for anyone for someone for, for you know the the artist saying you know what just I like it when you chop over my songs yeah. it's cool so I think he's living the dream but um I actually found his email and I just sent over a song called Seven to the Power of Six, which was the first song I ever had written. And he, uh, as, as as anyone would know, and I'm sure everyone would agree, that Aaron is just a wonderful soul and a, an amazing heart. And he's very responsive. You know, he he gets back to everyone and, and he he really just literally... You know, I, I was I was pretty much starstruck when he responded to me um, and said, you know, I really love your tracks. And then he also, you know, appreciated my playing as well. And you know, he we were like sharing each other's things, and he would share my stuff on the posts and his page. And I think after that, he asked if it was okay for him to use one of my tracks, which was Seven to the Power Six at London Drum Show. Cool. Um, yeah, and. I think ever since then it started kicking off so all my 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 motivation through making you know the all these play along tracks is purely just to help every every drummer from around the world 
the whole drumming community for them to actually enjoy playing along to things because certain people are unable to have you know get a band and certain people you know don't have uh the facilities to to be in a practice room and stuff you know so you know i you know i provide tracks for them to feel like they also have a feeling of like almost being like they're doing their own little drum clinic you know um and 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 it makes it gives me sheer joy to see people play with their own voice you know and and i think it's a great thing and i've just been fortunate to create my niche from it and now it's a thing so that's cool i'm just yeah man yeah Let's talk a little bit about that. So you, you, you mentioned the word chops there a few times. And, and I've seen mm-hmm. some of the, the videos you put up um, on like Facebook and things like that. And I mean, you can tell you're a drummer who's worked at their instrument. You've got some amazing chops. So let's, oh, let's, let's talk a little bit about sort of practice uh, in general, your practice routine. Um, yeah. You know, we were saying earlier that like, you don't have to be behind a drum kit to practice. It's it's something I say to like I I, I do a bit of teaching and it's something I say to yeah. like my students. It's like and they kind of look at you often with like this blank stare, like oh, but of course you need to be at a drum kit, but you don't. So no, no. So talk us through a bit of your practice routine. Like what's uh, what's like a what's sort of the standard thing for you to be doing behind your kit? Um. Yeah, man. But to be honest. Um I just make sure I focus on one thing. Like, uh, I mean, I, I've always been quite militant on my practice. Mm-hmm. Not so, not so it has to be like this. I mean, I mostly just get things out of me in the, um, like, like I, just feelings. And I, I, I usually genuinely, like, have not had a, like, um, a massive routine, you know, I've, I've shared, you know, with Annika, Annika's quite, you know, she, she, um, I don't know for those who know, who do know, who don't know, uh, Annika Nilla's also a fantastic drummer, mm-hmm. with her, um, you know, she, she has a way of doing things through system and writing things down and she then works on groupings and things like that and for the chops and she's fantastic for what she does with that and I envy the fact she can, you know, record her things. With me, it's I, I focus one thing at a time. I think I think many drummers would agree upon that. I think every drummer that would sit in front of a drum kit, um, wanting to practice, I think the first thing that everyone does is noodle. I think they just don't find that um, it's, it's really easy to just lose track of what you really want to do. Mm. Um, and you just end up just, you know, chopping away and then you tire yourself out and then you can't really push yourself to practice, you know. Mm. Um, so I think the first thing that I always do in general is just kind of making sure my kick and snare is the my primary function for me. Um, the thing, I, my, my thing's always been like linear kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and... I've always tried to make sure my separations were as clean as possible. And, you know, um, I just worked on like grouping. So I always do paradiddles and, uh, uh, you know, paradiddles and, and singles and doubles. And I'll just basically just keep, keep going back and forth, making sure, um, doing it, you know, from singles to doubles to paradiddles to doubles to singles, 
like going back and forth. Mm. And on my dr- on my bass drum, I would um, you know play uh, you know half notes, then quarter notes, and eighth notes, and I just basically come back and forth of it. And then I start to break things down, so like substitute and with from doing paradiddles, I'll just leave the last diddle and add a bass drum, you know, things like that. Cool. Yeah, just like, and, and just basically what I'll do is keep working on it until I just feel like I want to start moving on to the next thing in terms of working around, like, other things. And, and also, the most important thing for me was, it's just feeling. I, I wanted to make sure any of the chops that I do is just feeling, it's not worked out. Mm-hmm. I've always been a person to play with feeling, not uh, not working out this feel is on the E of, you know, three. For some reason, I've met some incredible people who actually, you know, transcribe my feels and then they're going, oh, you played on the three of the, you know, the three of this bar and the and of four and this and I was like dude I, I don't know what's going on right now she's yeah. throwing numbers at me um, <laughs> and that's incredible I think that's a, I think that's a gift within itself that people can really have an ear for someone's playing and, and I'm appreciative of that I think for me as Aaron Spears as well you know he, he just plays he just plays whatever he feels in his heart yeah. you know and I've, I'm, I'm pretty much the same I'm whenever I do my when I get chances to, um, to do drum clinics and and perform uh you know just live in general even when i do pop gig i play within the feeling i don't like to have information in front of me because then i feel that i'm detaching myself detaching myself from my heart yeah and it's you know the groove is within you not from a piece of paper i think so uh yeah so i think practicing I, and I don't get to practice that much, but when I do, I will go for for hours because I just get too excited. I just love drums. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important thing I've been doing recently um, has been, you know, I don't know if you've seen on Facebook or my, Your my social media. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's talk about that. Is that yeah. is that something? I mean, I know you do your Roland sort of um, demos and stuff like that, and yeah, uh-huh. you're now doing this hybrid kits, and it's your your Tama kit with your with some electronics. It's really um, it's quite yeah. it's quite interesting. Let's let's talk about that. What tell us about that? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so it's just something I've I've used for um, well quite a long time now, and I think into the pop. In the pop world, I've been using a lot of the hybrid stuff, and when I when I talk hybrid, it's actually blending electronics um, with live drums, basically. Mm-hmm. So, because a lot of guys just try to se- separate them, it's like electronics is just electronics. They just they they're afraid. They're, I think they're more intimidated by it uh, because they just feel it's a different world. They don't want to get in that world. You can never be a an acoustic kit but I think in general for me I've made it work that you can use it for you know a gig environment and it actually could give you more gigs yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. uh, have, you know I if I wanted you know when I, I used uh, my full hybrid one of my full hybrid setups when I was with Jesse Ware mm-hmm. um, 
and it was a great run and you know i used you know uh, an spdsx which is my foundation of setting up hybrid so the pads everyone uses sampler pads mm. but i used to trigger this kick and snare and then i had electronic kick um on as well to to trigger which most people tend to use as a foundation now because it's just a it's a really good thing to have you know um in general you can sound like the record and also play you know the drums yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. it's it's the best thing you could do and i'm i'm actually just you know not promoting anything but just n- announcing that i'm actually going next week to do my uh roland tour um hybrid tour uh, for the week so i'll be doing uh, sound attack i'll be doing a clinic in sound attack then pmt birmingham um and also Glasgow drum show i'll be using some electronics in hybrid form so cool. yeah i mean yeah there's um there it's just it's for me it works and in practice it's it's great because i can um you know you don't have a laptop to blast it out onto a, a pa system and all this stuff you know i can just use my spdsx and i can use that as triggering off my backing track so i can just literally use that and set my click in there and it's reference for me and i can practice along to my drums it's it's all you know it's all good yeah it's <laughs> perfect yeah there's so many things you can use um that thing for but my recent hybrid setup is kind of like a, it's, i've never never gone so monsterly on you know that's not even a word but <laughs> you know never never made it such a beastly kind of kit um but i'm trying to create a different obstacle now i've a lot of people have noticed that i play my drum setup differently all the time like uh depending on the type of gig i have and also i think that's very important to always try to experiment and change your drums up a bit because it kind of makes you yeah, you know, it just basically helps you practice more. Like, yeah. and also you might find things interesting. It's like uh, I think everyone notices again, not to quote, but like Annika and I have this thing that we flip the rack toms uh, on a, you know, from a ten, you know, from an eight or a ten or a ten and a twelve. We do it at twelve and ten, or yeah. you know, ten and eight first. It's, you'll be surprised what you can come up with musically. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's just like creating notes. The drums are there for you as they're, they're, they're your orchestrations. They're not, it's not like, oh, it has to be in numerical order. You know, you think about it, you know, Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa band and you had Terry Bozio with a monstrous kit. I mean, yeah. come on, you know, um, you know, I, I just try to make things interesting for me. I'm still working on it and always trying to make use of the drum t- as an orchestration because my my goal is to use these drums as a as a, as a musical element okay. and um, yeah, just create notes and and just for me, yeah, you know, I'm I'm proud to use all the drums that I use and 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 the, the, I'm really fortunate to have the the new kit. Um, and take it out on on the road for yeah it's just quite an interesting setup <laughs> so, well i can't wait to see it man yeah. can't wait to mm-hmm. see it and um 
I, I want to kind of go a little bit more into that as well. Like towards the end of there, yeah. you you were, you were talking. You didn't actually go as far as naming your gear. I know what gear you use, and and I'll mention yeah. your website so that people can go check it out, etc., etc. Yeah, sure. Let's talk a little bit about endorsements. I get I get a few emails through the websites with um, certain drummers asking about what's the best approach to endorsements, or you know, right. I, I think I think there's the stigma that the the more endorsements you have, the more gigs you're suddenly going to get, and that's not true. Um, no, not I, really. I, no. <laughs> I, I don't know why people think it's like that, but but uh, yeah. tell us about um, sort of what your first endorsement deal was, uh, who it was with, and how important yeah. you personally feel having endorsements behind you as a player is. And I don't mean for that yeah. I don't mean for that to sound like for you specifically because they can help you out with gear at gigs and stuff. I mean yeah. for young young up and coming drummers who who feel like it's the most important thing in the world. Uh, maybe just yeah. shed some light on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I you know, I say this with a passion uh, a lot in my clinics. <laughs> There's a lot I always get the endorsement question. Whether whether it's during or after, you know, and um, I th I think I'll, I'll say it in the light of uh, you know how I actually got the, the endorsements in general. Um, you know, my first the first person I actually genuinely approached was um, a guy called Dean Bowdry. Protection uh, racket. Protection racket. Yes, lovely Dean, and I, you know, I have so much love for the guy. It's it's incredible that he's actually known me since I was 16, hmm. you know, and, uh, I was a very shy, very quiet boy. Uh, I, I just, I, you know, just, it was out there. I mean, I, I loved the cases when I was, you know, a kid and I bought my first, uh, snare drum, you know, and, um, I bought, personally bought a snare drum case, the protection racket one. And, and then I saved up for a, a, a drum kit and I needed some cases for it. So I actually just went, oh, let's, let me just have a look. And I think most young drummers would do this, that they, they, they're just hungry for something. But I think I approached it in a different manner when I was younger. I actually just wanted to ask if there was any way for me to represent for the cases. I mean, I didn't approach drum kit. I approached the case because I just love the cases. Mm. And uh, and I was so shy. I genuinely said to him, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. I don't actually pay. F I actually the first thing I said is I'm sorry. I actually didn't say hi. My name's Katz. <laughs> I just went. I'm sorry. I, I I don't really play for anyone um, famous or, or I don't have um, the biggest gig. I'm only 16, and uh, you know I. I was really shy, but Dean was so loving. Um, he, you know, he gave me. Uh, he let he let me put myself up on the website, so I kind of he allowed me to promote myself. Mm. You know, and I think from then on we hit it off. You know, I think he could see that I was really being genuine mm. um, and not asking for things for free. I think when I was, uh, I think that is the ideal of um, you know. Of when you're young, you're hungry for the endorsement because you see your your influences with all the coolest drums, and they see these monster setups, and yeah. you know it's all good. But I I believe that um, relationships are so important with 
the sponsors that you meet. I think everything for me started hitting off um, after, basically, as I grew, um, as I got older, there's my relationships built with people that I was introduced and acquainted by. You know, I was fortunate then after to meet Zildjian, mm -hmm. uh, the Tina Clark, yep. who's fantastic, you know, fantastic person and so just so, so for me i think really hard uh hard working individual in terms of looking after everyone yeah. pretty much from across the globe and uh you know and um i was again really shy because this was my opportunity to try associate myself with a, a, a company that is a legacy you yeah. know uh and I'm proud to be, you know, a Zildjian artist. And, you know, I I was friends with... I used to play for Jack Bruce's daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jack Bruce's daughter, was, uh, she, her name was Aruba Red as a stage name, but Natasha, uh, Natasha Bruce. And she, um, you know, her, her mum uh, introduced me to Tina and mm. just to get me a set of symbols to start off. Yeah. And she then... Um, you know, Tina invited me over. I think the following week, and I was actually there at Ginger Baker's Zildjian honouring yeah, in Shepherd's yeah, yeah. Bush, and it was uh, you know the first time I actually got to see like so many greats. You know, I saw Keith Carlock, and I saw you know saw Simon Phillips play, and also Ginger himself. Jack, you know, um, saw um, uh, what else did I see? Well, it's tons, tons of people, legends there, you know. Mm. Um, and you know, I was, I was just basically, again, nervous, but introducing myself, but genuinely just wanting to push myself. And uh, I think, uh, I think everything's kind of built from those foundations. And then the Tama, I had, I came into Tama actually just asking if they could just keep an eye on me, basically. <laughs> You know, I contacted Headstock, and I remember at the time it was uh, uh, Leo Leo Crabtree. Crabtree, um, yeah, yeah, Prodigy. Yeah, yeah, from Prodigy. And I think when I before I got the gig for Cirque Slay, I actually um, didn't hear from him again. I came back and I asked if Leo was still there, and then I found there was another person, Chris Taylor. I Chris, spoke to yeah. him, and yeah, and he's you know fantastic guy. And then I always said if you could keep an eye on me. And, they could all see something in me and I think they were genuinely always keeping tabs on me and then gave me a shot to come over mm. and um, I saved a ton of money and I said oh, I really want to get a drum kit and uh, and the fact that I came in to just buy a kit and not expect it for free <laughs> you know yeah. um, it you know it to me sings in many vo volumes yeah completely when you're when you're when you're a young, young artist I think a young drummer who comes in to, to willing to invest in something he's passionate and and believe and believes in, you know, it goes a long way, and you you will then be able to eventually get the support and backing that you need, you know, from from everything, and and that's why where I am now that I'm really honoured to be the stage of my career now that my sponsors and my endorsements are really backing me and believe that they believe me full whack and you know i've been with them for over 10 years now mm. like so it's it, it for me it's just something that they see me grow and i grow with them and yeah. they allow me to grow with them and 
it's something that needs to not I think people need to remember that endorsements don't owe you anything yeah it's what you owe back to them and um, I think the young drummers of today I mean I still get kids going oh you know can you hook me up with an endorsement and I'm like I'm not the guy <laughs> you know yeah um, and we don't need that I think I think the young guys are just too zoned into chasing it um, you don't need an endorsement to get the best gig of your life yeah. <laughs> it's there it's, a, it's there for you to have the support and it's for you to most definitely have a relationship that you're building almost actually creating family you know yeah. Um, and that's the thing I have like for me if I have to go somewhere uh, abroad and I for example had my symbols stolen I could contact Tina and she could instantly save my ass yeah. <laughs> you know yeah exactly um, you know um, that's that's what I'm there for not just for the gig environment but also to have the relationship also because I'm passionate about my instrument not just about the gear that I get I'm passionate about why this drum has been made yeah. you know why you know can I, I I would travel somewhere to just go see uh, the history or meet the people behind the people who've made my drums you yeah. know, like the Tama Tama drums are incredible for me because when I was a kid I mean I've always solely when I was a kid Tama and Zildjian like I had the posters I had Simon Phillips, yeah. you know. I feel I had, you, brother. I feel you. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Simon Phillips was my, you, you, everyone says, you know, the MCMs, you know, your Man Crush Monday, <laughs> you know. You know, but <laughs> when they do those things, you get, when I was a kid, I had a poster, and I think it was like Modern Drama Magazine, and Simon Phillips on the kit, and I saw the Zildjian symbols, and I saw the Tama kit, yeah, there was a Mirage kit, and I was like, dude, I want to be this. I want to one day like use these instruments, and I just love. I love the history behind everything. Yeah, and I think it's a damn shame, like now, that people forget about. You know, when you get something given in your hand, it's just they just throw it. It's like a you know a child wanting a toy, and then when they get it, they get bored of it. Yeah, it's not. It's not about that. It's about cherishing your instrument, and you know, I, I appreciate everything from a splash bass drum to a snare drum to a tom to a, a cymbal stand yeah <laughs> you know? and um yeah that's what i'm fortunate where i am i know this 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 spiel about an endorsement thing it's for the young kids out there i would very much like recommend that you keep doing what you do and that's focusing on your craft and then pushing yourself and uh and eventually, when you feel it's ready, you're ready. Try to build relationships with, yeah. with the guys. But don't... I think it's definitely a bad shot to try and get other drummers who have been given that privilege to try and connect you because, um, you know, they, 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 they've had a story to, to, to earn that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay to acquaint each other. That's not a problem. You can happily do it, but you personally cannot give the endorsement. I think that's people. The kids, kids are getting very lost in that, and I, think so I hope. Too. Yeah, absolutely, and I hope it will change. And we, you know, I'm probably one speck of a drummer that could, that is probably passing this message across. But I'm sure everybody is united.
uh, trying to make the the future of our generation know this, you know. Yeah. 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 Man, it's so funny you mentioned that poster thing because <laughs> I was the same, bro. I had um, yeah. I had posters of drummers and like I had posters of Michael Jackson and the Foo Fighters all over my room. And then you, oh, I'd go I'd go to my like buddies' houses and this this is like you you kind of like early teens and and they'd all all yeah. have like posters of all these hot chicks all over their rooms and I'd be like, wait a second, like uh, maybe what wait what? Brilliant. <laughs> so, this is the thing. It's funny, man. It's it's funny what interests you, you though. You know, it's uh, it's just it's it's cool. Anyway, yeah. Kaz, what's what's yeah. next, brother? Uh, what's what's next for Kaz Rodriguez? Yeah, well, dude. Um, so basically, I've just finished my third album, um, which I'm still I'm basically itching. It's been finished for like do a two well, about a month ago now. Cool. Um, and this time I kind of felt well for a new territory because I, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, that I've written for many, um, many great drummers, actually. I'm really honored to be working with them and actually, most importantly, just have them as friends mm-hmm. because that's, that's what allows me to, you know, I grew up listening to these guys and now I'm really honored to have them as friends. And, you know, I've, I've written you know, some great tracks like with a Chris Coleman thing. For example, uh, a song called Go, mm-hmm. which is on YouTube, and you know, check that out. And um, he also played to a song from my second album called All of You. Um, and then Aaron Spears plays Portal, I wrote for him, and I've written for Gerald Hayward, a, a shed track for him, and he played that recently at Paystick, and he uses it in his clinics and sheds. And, um, and Annika and I did a collaboration called Solution, and speaking of Solution, that's going into the third album now. So if anyone's seen it on Annika's page, it will be available on the third album so everyone can play uh, along to it. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm basically releasing this album as a new sound source, you know, it's like a update of the second album. And I felt like the first album was pure like shed, you know, mm-hmm. very simple at its form and had a good form for everyone to play like two drummers at a time or three or four however many drummers you want hopefully it's not a hundred so it'll be a very long track um <laughs> so um but yeah the second one was more shed and musical elements now mm-hmm. um and the third one is like pure like cinematic soundtrack <laughs> um but shedding cool. <laughs> you know so yeah, I've kind of like made it in three different volumes and yeah, I'm going to be touring the um, the album actually across Europe, Asia and hopefully uh, I'm planning something at the moment just to try fitting something for Drumio. Cool. Uh, so I'm talking to the guys there and yeah, just, just campaigning it really. I'm doing my own thing at the moment and I'm doing some, some bits with you know some pop uh, gigs as well and i'm excited to to do those as well um you know just, I, I just do everything man like as, as i said i'm always I, I always like doing different things i i think it's, i think as a as a creative person I, I like to always learn and 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 try different things all the time you know otherwise you know you you will be stuck into one it's like staying in a cubicle office yeah you have just one thing to work on i don't like doing that i like to be like 
I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, you know. So I'm working on tracks, which is one thing, uh, writing, and I'm also playing, uh, doing the pop gigs, and I'm also, you know, loving doing the drum clinic thing, you know, especially with the hybrid stuff with Roland, and yeah, well, there's, there's tons of things, man. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just really excited just to, to see what happens cool. <laughs> from it, you know. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. last question, Kaz. Uh-huh. And a bit of a bit of a tough one, so you don't have to be too specific. But what would, okay. what would you say has been the best piece of advice you've ever received in regards to your musical career? Best piece of advice for me would probably be definitely what my mum always said to me, uh, and I think uh, I'll never forget. Um, she always said to me, whenever, "Whenever you feel at your lowest, know where your one is." Mm-hmm. And I think she used to she used to actually say that in general to me to, to just make sure that you know you got to feel like you're your number one yeah. you know like to to yourself to yourself and it's to make sure you never doubt yourself so um it's something that I always live by uh with with her um and i've you know I've always kind of I go the extra whenever I feel low, and uh, and and because you know we, we're humans, yeah, we're human beings, and I think a life of a person who has no musical relevance to you uh, can also make a massive difference in general for life. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and life in general, if your life isn't balanced, you won't play balanced. You yeah, know, of you're, course. You're in general. So yeah, I'm 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 really grateful to to have that advice uh, from, from my mother and I think she's actually the sole reason of where I am today um, cool. of, of continuously pushing and striving to for me to every day forever you know living the dream yeah. whether whether I wake up out of bed and I'm practicing and I'm playing on a drum kit I'm grateful if you're not grateful for every day you live then <laughs> you've got problems yeah exactly uh, so appreciate life um appreciate every day that as it, as it comes and you know what it's okay to make mistakes um if you don't make mistakes then again you've got problems yeah, yeah <laughs> you've you're got, a robot you, yeah you're a robot it's okay to make mistakes because it's what makes people stronger and conquer over obstacles when it happens again so exactly. just um yeah that's that's the be- best advice Great advice, great advice. And uh, thanks, Mrs. Rodriguez. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, man. Oh, that's brilliant, dude. Uh, Thank you so much for for taking the time and doing this with us, Kaz. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. Anytime, brother. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, Kaz Rodriguez. I'd like to thank Kaz for taking the time and doing this podcast with us. As usual, I'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Please remember to continue to rate and review. Check us out at ukdrummer.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, most social media, YouTube, you name it, we're there. As mentioned earlier, my name is Travis Mark, and our next guest is going to be the amazing Brendan Buckley. He currently plays with Shakira and Tegan and Sarah. Uh, He's been doing the session thing for years got a really interesting story so can't wait for you guys to hear that one for now 
Let's listen a bit more to Cares playing out on his track, The City. Until next time, keep rocking, keep practicing, and be a good person. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace.